When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to Voices of a Bit podcast with me, Ben Ayton, and Cameron Smart. And we are here to talk about Watford's 5-0 victory at home to Rotherham United. Uh, me and Cam was just talking off air before we came on saying it's so much easier to re-watch highlights when we've just actually put in a performance and it's, it's a victory. And Cam reminded me of having to re-watch the highlights of the Leeds United game earlier in the season. Um, so yeah, we have to take this as a pinch of salt sometimes being Watford fans. Um, but yeah, we did pick up the three points at home to Rotherham. Uh, Cam, must have enjoyed that one yesterday. And how, how are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm having a very pleasant, very boring, but but very nice weekend and topped off with just a brilliant Watford win last night. Um, brilliant to be there. Nice to get such a comfortable win after, you know, we, we've not been the happiest on here, have we? Even though we're on an unbeaten run. So it's really nice to to get a load of goals. Definitely. It's, um yeah, it feels like we've, we've deserved this performance really and I know it was against a Rotherham team as well we've all highlighted it you you and Mike highlighted it with Matt with the Rotherham preview during the week awful away record that Rotherham United had it was worse than Watford's um, until we won at Swansea I don't think they've won in over a year so it it is bleak for Rotherham United but you you can only win what's in front of you and we certainly did that yesterday Um, but yeah just saying talking about your boring Sunday weekend I'm I'm seeing a lot of photos of your cooking lately Cam and I'm expecting a um, application to go into MasterChef soon I wouldn't go that far I cook the same thing every day with the same boring (laughs) side meals honestly if you don't have one get yourself an air fryer and it does the job for you it's incredible uh, this isn't a, a paid air fryer ad, but <laughs> if you want to get in touch, then yeah, let me know. 
<laughs> Fantastic. No, it does look good. So yeah, fair play to you. But yeah, I've seen Joe's giving you a few tips as well, cooking in bulk <laughs> and freezing it. So yeah, cheers for that, Joe. Um, but yeah, thank you for everyone who's watching so far on YouTube. Um, Jess saying hello, lads. So, hi, Jess. Hope everything's all good for you. Um, Mike, amazing game and ruthless performance from the boys. Um, so yeah, let's jump straight into it, Cam. So obviously, we'll talk about the team news first, like we normally do. Um, and it was that the Hornets have made five changes to the team that drew nil-nil with um, Huddersfield Town at the weekend. Um, the changes were Daniel Batman missed out due to um, suffering a concussion during the week and he had to miss out for a game due to protocol. So he was replaced by Ben Hamer. Um, Jeremy Ngakia missed out due to illness and was replaced by Ryan Andrews. Uh, Francisco Sirielta um, was out with a quad strain and was replaced by... Um, um, Ryan Porteous. Ismail Kone was back after picking up his alarm clock in the week. Um, didn't oversleep this time, so he came in for his start again, taking the place of Czech Vedaski. And then Ryovic um, came in ahead of Bio. What, what did you think of that starting lineup, Cam? Yeah, I mean, most of it was a surprise to me. I, I know we needed changes after Huddersfield, but I wasn't expecting half of those. And I know a lot of them were forced, but yeah, to see to see Hamer get a game, I mean, I don't think anyone had that on their bingo card. Uh, as for the unforced one, uh, the the notable unforced change, Kone coming in for Chapitadze, I think that was needed. I think Kone gives us a lot more energy, um, a lot more quality than Chapitadze, I reckon. And yeah, I do like Georgie off the bench, so I was happy with that. But yeah, keen to see what, what Andrews could do, keen to see if Porteous could... Um, could sort of redeem himself after a few poor outings and keen to see if Dan Backman has any um any competent competition. Mm. Yeah, no, definitely. It was interesting. Um, I'm the same as you. I raised a few eyebrows when I saw it was five changes to the team and I thought, cool, I know Huddersfield was bad, but I didn't think it was it was that bad. But then you read into it and you saw that three players missed out for the injuries, which was understandable. But Obviously, there was no other real suitable replacement for Daniel Batman, but I was also kind of, I felt comforted that we had Ben Hamer as a backup goalkeeper because I, I rate Hamer. I think he's a championship standard goalkeeper and he's done it at this level for years. So to have him as like an understand study for Daniel Batman is, is, is relief for Watford, isn't it? can because it it could have been the young 19 year old on the bench McCauley or it could have been someone else but luckily it was a an experienced head who who's played loads of games at this level listen I've I've not got to any of the cup games that Hamer's been given a go in I was at Coventry last season and um it wasn't a, a glowing review of of Ben Hamer to be honest I'd heard before we signed him that that Swansea fans did quite like him for his distribution I could be completely wrong on that but um, yeah, from what what we saw of him on Saturday, I I mean he didn't look out of place, did he? I I thought he looked a bit more composed than Dan Backman, who wouldn't? But um, yeah, more composed. Uh, didn't have a lot to do, but yeah, I don't mind Hamer as as a backup option. Mm. Yeah, no. I thought he, he didn't rush things, did he? He, he played it simple. He, he did what he needed to do. And he, I, I don't think he was maybe as loud as Batman because there was a point in the sec second half, no, first half, it was Ryan Portis just left the ball for Hamer and, and then he like high-fived Hamer afterwards. And it was like, 
Hamer called it, but I see it like probably about 10 rows from the pitch, and I, I didn't hear anything. And if that was Batman, I think the people at the other end would have heard it, but they, they must have had the right signal because it, it obviously worked. But, yeah, no, I, I thought he, he did really well. And I, I, we all know that Batman's going to probably come back in for the next game, but it, I think it's reassuring to know that Hamer, he, he can step up when it's required. And to pick up a clean sheet on his um his um home league debut is... It's fantastic for him. But also, Cam, before the start of the game, it was also Watford's um, time to pay tribute to all the fallen soldiers in the um, pre-match. It was a fantastic tribute to a band playing Z Cars, which was very different. But I think it was quite a, like an emotional song. And also it was... Um, um all the veterans there as well and the last post it was just it it, it was different from Watford but I thought it, it it ticked all the right boxes yeah it definitely different we were told getting our seats by quarter two um I was only expecting the last post but yeah really good the singer I, I forget her name but the singer mm. that was absolutely beautiful singing um yeah and yeah, re- really good display, I think. And obviously, after seeing um, after seeing the Nottingham Forest one the other week, I have got a bit nervous when I see the bugle come out. So, yeah, <laughs> no, nice to see um, nice to see him get it right. Yeah, definitely. I felt so sorry for that Nottingham Forest one. Yeah. I did it, and I, I saw yesterday that he, they actually he re- re-recorded it, didn't he, on the Nottingham Forest um, Twitter page, and they posted it out at eleven o'clock this morning or eleven o'clock yesterday morning. It's got hundreds of thousands of likes. So fair play to him for getting back up to do that as well. But um, we'll go straight into the action now, Cam. It didn't take what for too long to to find the back of the net, and we're, we're going to be talking about quite a lot of goals today. And the first one came from um, Ryovic and. Before the game, I don't know if you... Well, I think you are the same as me because we've both not been probably his biggest fan um, at the start of the season. I felt like if we're playing Ryovic, you have to get the balls into a box. Otherwise, it's like playing with 10 men because you see he doesn't win the ball on the halfway line when the ball's played up to him. He can't hold on to it. He's, he's, He's barely linking up play. But he comes alive in that six yard box and can put a fantastic ball in from that left-hand side. And Ryovic, it, it was in his office and it, he he did what he does best. Yeah, and that's something we're guilty of not doing often enough, isn't it? We don't get the ball in the box, um, especially when Ryovic is on the pitch. We just, we don't give him any service. So, yeah, to see us, um, see us get a ball in so early, a, a good ball, because you know what you're going to get from Ken. Uh, yeah, it was really, really assuring. And, you know, we had to get that first goal, I thought. If we went 1-0 down, I don't know what would have happened. Um, yeah, Matt in the preview pod told us that we are going to hurt Rotherham out wide if we're going to hurt them anywhere. And he certainly got that right because Ken Semmer had the first half of his life. He those I will get to the second one in a bit, but that assist was was inch perfect. And I, I do want to point out that the defending was... Um, questionable that i mean those three players backed off him didn't they were around away. yeah yep no one wanted to close him down and no one's marking rivich in the middle we um we won't play as weak an opposition as that for a good while i don't think but um yeah nice that we capitalize and yeah great ball from ken good finish good movement from rivich as well 
Yeah, I thought so as well. He, he split the defenders, didn't he? He got in there just at the nick of time as well. And it, he does, he just comes alive in between that penalty spot and, and the goalkeeper's line. He, he's just so deadly into that. So you have to play to his strengths. And thankfully we did with that. But, but after after that first goal came, it, it kind of went really quiet for Watford, didn't it? It, it went a bit flat. There wasn't n- nothing in it. Like we was talking just before we came on there and we was like, there wasn't really many chances on goal for what um, the five goals for Watford scored. But then you reminded me of the, the chance that came from Ken Semmer, um, probably halfway through that first half. I think Kone was absolutely fantastic in the middle of the park to to break up play and do a little um, um, pirouette to lose a couple of players and just fed the ball into Kone, uh, to Ken Semmer, sorry. And his his shot was saved well by the Robin goalkeeper. But it was it was a bit flat, wasn't it, yesterday in, in between those two goals? Well, the thing we've banged on about our style of play, about how we keep the ball with with very little intent. Now, that does work well, as uninspiring as it is, when you are holding a lead and you're playing against such a weak opposition. You you can keep the ball for as long as you want. And yeah, that, that's how you hold a lead. And I did I did want to see us go for it a bit more. You know I've got a problem with with keeping the ball for keeping the ball's sake, but... Yeah, you you are right. It it was a bit flat, but it's also the right way to go. You don't want to, you know, throw stuff out the window at one nil. So, yeah, I don't I don't mind it too much. Just yeah. I don't want to be negative. I don't want to be negative on here after a five nil win. Uh, I, I know you don't want to be negative, but I, I feel like we have to a little bit as well. Like Some things really did yeah. annoy me in that first half. And I think it annoyed you as well because I, I saw you liked my comment that I put into the, the group yesterday. And it was that first half, especially down that left-hand side. Like we saw the ball that Ken put into that first, uh, in for Rivich for that first, which was fantastic. But the amount of times... Jamal Lewis or Ken got to that left-hand byline and didn't deliver the ball. They cut back and then played it back and then it went into the middle of the part to Kiembi or uh, Kone and it was just frustrating to watch because we got into really good positions, wasn't it? And it was just like, come on, just get that second goal, get that third goal because sitting in the stands, I know it's 1-0 up against Rotherham, but you're watching Watford and you kind of feel that it only takes one opportunity against Watford sometimes to get yourself back into it. But did you feel the same frustrations as me? Well, yeah, Jamal Lewis in particular, I think he's a really frustrating player, to be honest. Whenever he gets the ball, he doesn't he doesn't carry it forward. He doesn't cross too often. And sometimes he tries to take on a man when he just has absolutely no right to. So I think his decision-making going forward can be really, really off at times. Um, Ken, yeah, I, I did point out in the chat, didn't I, as well, that he was quite frustrating at times. He, you know, didn't cross at the right times or he tried to take on his man at the wrong time. It, yeah. But at the same time, when we're getting the ball to him so often, you can afford to have a few hiccups like that. And yeah, it really did show, particularly with Ken, because what we do every single game, we, we're always working the ball down that side between Kone, Lewis and Ken, you know, yeah. trying to get Ken in a bit of room to cross and, we did that with, with good effect against Rotherham in that first half. It stopped a bit in the second half, but we did it to good effect and, yeah, it really paid off. Definitely. Um, it continued to gain in added on time in that first half as well. Watford grabbed their second goal of the game and it was it was it was carbon copy of that first goal. If anything, the only difference was that Ken spun his man 
um, to get the cross in this time instead of Brotherham backing off for, um, to allow him the freedom of Vicky Road to cross it in. But again, and I thought this was a better finish from Ryovic as well. I think he saw the keeper was diving to his left and he thought, nah, sod this. I'm, I'm putting this top right. And it, fantastic finish for him as well. Could have easily put it over, but really smart finish from Ryovic and Watford went in 2 0 at half time. Yeah, and it's another strength that we know Ken Semmer's got. He he's a big lad and he will you know, he will battle and he he completely just bodies his man there and yeah, gets around him, puts in another inch perfect cross and it's more more good movement from Ryovic. And yeah, I'll talk about Ryovic now because you know I don't rate him particularly highly. I think at this level you need a striker that does a, a little bit more outside of um outside of the penalty area um he completed three passes the entire game i don't know if you're aware of that but he completed three passes the entire game one in the first half so he scored more goals than passes completed in the first half um but if you are going to get in the ball in in those areas then yeah i i don't mind it at all um yeah so good performance from Ryovic, i'd say and what a time to to go two 0 up! Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, you want to you want to build that momentum, don't you? You want to try and put the game to bed as early as possible. And I think getting that second goal really just it, it dented the confidence of Rotherham after that. Um, but yeah, like we've we've all highlighted in this, you've got to play to Ryovic's strength. You've clearly just said that Ryovic has only completed three passes in the whole entire game. He stuck the ball in the back of the net twice, so he only needs one or two chances to score from. And it was exactly the same at Coventry away. He didn't really do much apart from sticking it in the back of the net. But if we've got a striker who who can do that, then I'm happy with that. But we need to play to his strengths. We we can't just expect him to press from the front, which Bio has been doing in recent games. But <laughs> quick question for you: If Ken put in those two balls for Bio. How would he have finished one or two, or would would he have worked the keeper? What, what do you reckon? Because we we know his finishing isn't as good as Ryovic. You can't predict it with Bio. <laughs> I I don't think his movements as good though either. I don't know if Bio would have been right there. I don't know if he he would have lost his man. But yeah, I, I reckon I'll give Bio some credit. I think he can stick one of those away, maybe even two. But yeah, it's a good point and. I forgot to mention in, when we talked about changes, Ryovic was picked over Bio, and you know he showed why. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I think Val got it spot on yesterday. I, I saw the team and I was like, oh, I would have wanted a little bit more from it, but no, fair play to him. Credit where credit's due with that. Um, Alistair Campbell's got a comment um, saying Bio would have missed both. Um, he's also said, "Hallelujah, we finally seem to have worked out that Ryovic needs some service and some decent early balls into a box." So yeah, I totally agree with you there, Alistair. Um, so yeah, went in half time two nil. Um, no half time substitutions this time from Val. He does normally like a half time substitution, but he doesn't need to when it's two nil up at half time. So came out second half and again cam I, I didn't really think there was much in it really like nothing was really happening there's there was no actions between half time and, and Watford's third and, and it was a third from Edo Kuyembe um the the young 40 year old got his first goal for Watford um but I, I know you want to talk about how that goal came about um cam 
I, I lost you for a moment there. But um, that goal, that's probably the pick of the bunch for me. Porteous and Andrews sort of work together and, and win it back. And that that run from Porteous, it's exactly what he sort of brings to the team, I think. And yeah, yeah Sear out is a, a much more solid defender, but we don't really get that that progression from him, do we? No. Um, no, not at yeah, all. So, yeah, so good. Yeah. Go on. And I was uh, just going to say, the way Porteous just stepped out from defence as well yeah. and, and brought it to us, he, he could have eased, if that was Wesley Hoot, he would have had a shot from distance to try and <laughs> work the keeper. But Porto, he, he kept a sensible head on. And he kind of like followed his run as well, expecting for Kiembe to lay it off, didn't he? Um, but yeah, fantastic swivel from um, Kiembe as well. But let's just talk about Kiembe overall since he's came back into this side because it has been an improved Cam, um, performances from KMB, isn't it? Do you put that down to maybe him playing in more of a f- advanced f- um, position in the team? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, it suits him to a T, I think. Is um, it, it's his ball striking for me that is it, that's his best asset. We've seen him nearly score a lot of goals. We've seen him score a beautiful goal that got wrongfully ruled out last yeah. season against QPR. Um, but yeah, we see a lot of nearly goals from him, and that that goal was coming. It, it's really good centre forward play as well. To be honest, he j- sort of backs into his man, swivels, plenty of room. Don't know where the rest of the Rotherham defence have gone, but yeah, great finish. And um, Kayembe further forward, I I just think it suits him so much better than than in, uh, sitting in front of the back four like he was last season. He First off, I didn't think he was too great with the ball, but he was buzzing about and he, he was covering ground and he was, you know, winning tackles. Mm-hmm. Second off, I thought he brought a lot more composure with the ball as well. And yeah, I never thought I'd be praising Edo KMB, to be honest, because I've really not rated him in the past. But he look, he's bringing a lot of balance to that midfield at the minute with, um, with Livmore and Kone. He's sort of complementing both of them really, really nicely. What I liked about that goal as well, everyone seemed over a moon for KMB when he scored. Mm. All, all the players that came over to him, they all looked delighted for him as well. So he's, he obviously seemed like a top player behind the scenes as well. Um, so I, I like this KMB that we're seeing. I like seeing him more advanced. He looks more confident. Like if you, you're sticking him in front of a bat four, it, it just looks shaky for me. And it's always sideways passing and or backwards. And it's just, it's not what we want to see. And we saw glimpses last season of him when he gets forward. And I'm glad we're seeing more of it now. And I think the midfield three in particular, Cam, probably needs a special mention. But I think this is a really good pairing of Kone, Kiembe and Livermore. Like, I think they work really well and complement each other really well. Yeah, I don't think Kone had his best game. He he had a few moments like um like for that Ken chance we mentioned. Um but yeah, it's a really well balanced midfield three. Livermore in particular, we've needed that defensive midfield profile since day one. We I mean, there was a tweet by uh by David Robinson. I don't know if you've seen it. But he pointed out that uh, Kone, no, uh, Livermore recognises exactly what the game needs. And yeah, I I mean, that's the perfect wording. He he just, he knows what it needs. He's got that experience. He, he slows it down or he plays a diagonal and he is that, that body in there that's going to break up play. And yeah, and 
you get Kone buzzing around. He's a bit more lightweight, but he can carry it forward. That's perfect. And you get Kayembe in there for a bit of a physical presence. It, it's it's a good midfield three and probably the best midfield we've had since, dare I say, since Kapu left, I think. Um, and I want to make a point about Imran Loser because he's probably regarded as our best midfielder in terms yeah. of ability. But how is he going to get back into this team? And I think the problem with him is he doesn't have the sort of energy levels that that Kone and uh, Kayembe have, and he can't play that deep role because he isn't going to break up play and he isn't going to read the game. So, yeah, I, it's not great for him around loser, but we've got a, a really effective midfield three right there. Yeah, and, and the, the main one that I really like is, is Jake Livermore. I, I thought he was Watford's man of a match yesterday. I know he wasn't in, involved in any of the goals, but the way he won every 50-50, it was first to all the second balls, it, the encouragement he gives to all his teammates. And I, I just think that's the kind of midfielder we have lacked in that centre of the park for probably about three seasons. Um, a proper enforcer. And like we all knew that he hasn't really got the legs but then I'd throw an argument in and say, yesterday I thought he did have the legs. I thought he was everywhere on that pitch. I think he covered every blade of the grass. And this is what we're seeing the best out of as well with Jake Livermore. It's a fully fit Jake Livermore. But when I say fully fit, Andrew French actually mentioned that he was actually ill during the week. So that's why he came off in the 70th, uh, 66th minute because he only had a few games, a uh, few games training because he was actually unwell during the week but if he puts in that kind of performance like a man of match performance i want him to have a little sickness bug every week because i thought it was fantastic um and and to think that we all pretty much wrote him off at the start of the season going jake livermore why are we bringing him in we don't need him we we 100 do need him and he should be given the captain's armband i, I know who wore it yesterday and it had a good game and it was fantastic but jake livermore is just such a professional and he is a he is a perfect example for any young got players that want to grow up and be a professional footballer in the centre midfield role because I, I thought it was fantastic. Um, but yeah, triple substitution came on for 66th minute for Watford yesterday. Um, Livermore came off, Jamal Lewis came off, and Yasser Espria too, and they were replaced by Tom Ince, Georgie Chapvedensky, and also. Matthias Martins. Um, it, it was the injection of pace, wasn't it, really, um, that came on. But also, it was they was all technically gifted, weren't they? And they they, they can drop a shoulder and lo lose a man. And Chet Desi did that within seconds, didn't he? He was running rings around the mid, uh, Rotherham midfielders. But it, it was a signal from Val that we weren't going to take our foot off the gas. We were going to go at them and we was going to try and get that third goal, uh, fourth goal. Yeah, and it surprised me because I thought Val was doing his normal weekly like for like changes. Um mm. yeah, I thought he was gonna he was gonna take Ken off for Martins, he was gonna take Kone off for uh for Chakratadzi and Espria off for Inza, but but no, he took Livermore off and he took Lewis off. And yeah, he he's clearly experimenting a bit to see, you know, can we go for it a bit more at home? Uh three nil up, no better time to do it. Um but yeah, really nice to see. You know, we aren't gonna we aren't gonna park up. We're gonna keep going for it. Unfortunately, I I don't think 
it particularly paid off for another maybe 15 minutes. I thought we were quite flat and that was probably Rotherham's best spell of the game. But yeah, I, I do think those subs did, they, they all chipped in, they all played quite well. And yeah, nice to see Val giving it a go. Definitely. And just we've got loads of comments tonight. So I'm just going to go back to a few comments when we were talking about the midfield three. Um, so um, Joe says, Kone, Kone, Livermore, Kiembi all getting a run of games together. They're starting to look settled. Let's hope he sticks with these three as I think they uh, all complement each other. Uh, Warwick Bird says, Deli Bashru will um, struggle to get back in. Um, Alistair Martin says Tom Delhi just isn't good enough. We look so much stronger with Livermore, Kone, and Kiembi. Um, Adam Rowe um, says loser looked amazing against QPR in the opening game. Poor since really for him. Um, and, and talking about um, in round loser again, um, Cam. I, I just I don't see a spot for him in this Watford team anymore, and I would not be surprised. Well, I'll put money on it, but he'll be off in January. Do you reckon that'll probably be the most sensible thing to do? If if you can maybe part ways, would you maybe try and move him on because he's obviously not going to get a game time? And if, isn't it the African Cup of Nations as well? So maybe it might be difficult to move him on. Yeah, but is he going to get a Morocco call up at this rate? So. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it'd be a, a real shame because I think Loser's such a good player on his day. Uh, we, I mean, he's so far from from where he should be at the minute. He's in terms of ability, he should be one of the best midfielders in this league. I'm looking at that sort of run of games when he came back from injury last season, uh, Stoke away, Norwich at home, sort of around then before the second big injury. He was phenomenal, but yeah, we've not really seen anything like it since, and I wouldn't be shocked at all if we move him on in um, in January. I think he could be a, of use to Udinese, maybe. But yeah, it, it's a shame how it's going for loser. It is, especially with like like you said earlier, it's technically Watford's probably most gifted midfielder or, or player at the club. Um, but then Watford, they found the back of the net for the fourth time. Um, Tommy Ince latched on to the end of a um, Ryan Andrews pass. So that was Andrews' first assist of the season. But it, I thought it was a fantastic touch from uh, Tom Ince and even better finish. I thought it really composed in front of a rookery. But that's, that's the impact that you know that Tom Ince can bring to the game, the quality he's shown yesterday. And I saw Rob, um, the Rotherham um, podcast that we had on the other day put a tweet out after the game and that was actually Tom Ince's 10th goal against Rotherham. So he loves playing against them. Yeah, he seems to have a good record against absolutely everyone. <laughs> uh, but that's that's what Tom Ince will do. And I think with him, we've been sort of a bit guilty of not getting him in the right positions. He's not sort of a flashy player that's going to take loads of people on, but he's got an end product to him. And yeah, that that was a really, really good composed touch and and finish, right there. Uh, exactly what he's capable of, to be honest. And, and yeah, the, go on. No, no, I was just going to say, I, I don't know if anyone else realised this, but Rotherham were actually down to ten men when Tom Ince scored this goal as well. So they they made all five substitutions, and then I think it was Cafu went down injured up the other end when they just won a corner, and he limped around the side of the pitch and never entered the field again so we Rotherham it was 3-0 when it was 11 v 11 but then 
they went down to 10 men and Watford scored two goals. So, yeah, uh, sorry, Cam, I just wanted to make that point. Yeah, and uh, I want to point out the, the work from Ryan Andrews here as well, because we know he likes to get forward with the ball. We know he likes to carry it. That is a really, really good crossfield pass. He is behind the defender and it, it's perfectly weighted for him. So, yeah, nice for him to get an assist. I thought Andrews had a, a good game coming back into the team. He wasn't, yeah, he, at first, he sort of, he seemed a bit reluctant to get forward. He wasn't involved as much because all our players going down the left. But yeah, he really grew into it, particularly after the subs we made. I, I thought he he was really impactful, and if you know when Ngakia comes back from injury, he might also have a hard time getting back in the team. Definitely, he staked his claim again, hasn't he? And this is exactly what he wants, and we want competition down at right hand side. And to be fair, Jeremy Ngakia has done a really good job since he's um, stepped in to replace um, Ryan mm. Andrews since he was suspended. But I think Ryan Andrews he's really got Val thinking again now, going. If if Ningakia recovers for Leicester, who, who who's going to go there? Um, who would you pick at the moment? I don't know. It depends what we want, I guess. So, look, we're playing. Um, we'll be playing the league leaders. They've got probably the best left winger in the league in in Steffi Mavadidi. Oh, we yeah. we threw in Ryan Andrews for for was it. Was it Leeds away? We threw him in right at the deep yeah. end, and um, yeah, that just it wasn't the game for him. And I'm not sure if going to to Leicester, playing against Mavadidi, is going to be the game for him. But at the same time, I just think he gives us way too much going forwards for for us to leave him out. So I, it's a it's a great problem to have, but I I wouldn't mind at all if it if it was either of them to be honest. I know most people would prefer Andrews, but yeah, I'm I'm not first. Yeah, no, I I think maybe for like lower league oppositions, I'd probably prefer Ryan Andrews. Um, but like you say, against teams like Leeds or Leicester, I think I probably prefer Ingakia. Because um, I think he's probably, a, I think he's better defensively than he, Ryan Andrews. But then again, Ryan Andrews had good stats yesterday. I'll try and find them quickly. WDA team put it out on their um, Twitter page earlier, and he had a really good um, return back to, to the game yesterday. Here you go. Ryan Andrews played 90 minutes, had 72 touches. Um, he complete, uh, completed 32 out of the 42 passes he um, had six final third passes six ball recoveries he won six out of seven ground duels three interceptions he won three fouls two clearances one big chance created and an assist um so it was, it was an impressive return back to the starting lineup for ryan andrews um mark schofield says that Tomins will score goals in the championship he has done for many years um and then joe thomas also says it would be really harsh to chuck andrews in at um Leicester, as much as he is better going forward, I think Ngakia um, will probably start. Um, so then we'll we'll move on to the fifth goal because there was a fifth goal with everybody. Um, if he stayed um, inside Vicarage Road, you would have seen a fifth goal. And it was a second goal for Watford in added on time. We had it in the first half and then we had it again in the second half. And this time it was Mateus Martins. But I don't know about you on this one, Cam. I was rooting for it to go in the back of net for Reese Healy. I thought he was very lively when he came on and I thought he was very positive in his play. Um, and 
he was played in by Tom Ince and it, it, it's kind of bobbled under his foot. He couldn't really get it out under his feet. And then he went to turn again and then it was stuck under his feet for a second time. And he finally released it to Martins and Martins. It, it was a great finish. I think the keeper had loads of bodies in front of him. So he didn't really know which side um, Martins was going to stick it in. But was you rooting for Healy to stick that in the back of the net as well? Yeah, and that was the first touch of a man who's been getting about 10 minutes every week. He yeah. needs more game time because some of his movement was just phenomenal at times. And yeah, credit Ince as well again. I think it was Ince. A really good yeah. ball to, to pick out Healy. And yeah, he definitely should have done a lot better with it. But he, he kept a cool head. He He cocked up the turn as well, but he kept a cool head. He didn't just blast a shot into nowhere. He was um he was composed enough to to lay it off and yeah that finish from Martins cracking finish curling away from the keeper and at that point you just want to keep scoring you just want you want six you want seven I didn't want that game to end and yeah by that point we had we had four minutes left I thought we've got to get another one here. We was we was trying to suck it in the back of the net, but yeah, that was Martin's um, fourth goal of the season as well. And to think he's been on the bench for the last three, four games as well. Um, so he's having a really good season for Watford. But yeah, it finished Watford five, Rotherham United nil. Um, Cam, how how would you sum up that performance? Well, look, this might be controversial. I don't think the performance from us was anything amazing. I think we, we were a lot more incisive, we were a lot more effective than we have been in sort of the last five games in this and beat and run. But I don't necessarily think we actually blew Rotherham away, to be honest. I think yeah. they were definitely architects of their own downfall. You look at all five goals, you can you can find faults all over the pitch for them. But you can only play what's in front of you, and we certainly capitalised, but like we've mentioned, there are a lot of sort of spells in that game where it was quite stale and then we just spring to life. And yeah, I, I think it's good. You know, we scored five goals. We we got Ryovic some goals. We know how to feed him now. We got um we got minutes for a lot of players that, that sort of need minutes in the tank. And I hope it's a good confidence booster because we are gonna need it for this run we've got coming up. Yeah, definitely. And um, Adam just puts in a quick comment as well saying, first one in a long time that we didn't want to end. Um, and uh, We all echo that, Adam. I think we're all itching to leave when it gets to the 80th minute at the moment, isn't it? When it's Especially when it's been poor. But yeah, no, we didn't want that one to end. We smelt blood and the Hornets kept going. And that's what I liked about the performance, particularly yesterday. It, it, it's good for confidence, especially for players that... Um, haven't maybe scored for a while, like Tom Ince and, and, and seeing Kiembe getting his first goal as well. Like Watford could have easily taken their foot off their gas when it uh, gas when it was 2-0 and just, just passed it around like we've seen and have like 70% possession. But they didn't. They 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 stuck to it. They smelt blood and they got the rewards for it. And I, I really hope this gives them that bit of confidence. And we go into the international break now, Cam, with a, a six-game unbeaten run. Um, I know we we analysed this last week, didn't we? And you was talking about the performances and the bits and pieces. And we said five games unbeaten is probably papered over cracks a little bit. Would you still stick by that now it's six games? 
Yeah, yeah, I don't, I'm not going to let one game change my opinion. Um, uh, we've played, I mean, we went over it. We've played some some really poor teams, and mm. I don't think we've been much better than any of those teams until until yesterday. I am maybe being overly negative because I'm I'm a bit disillusioned after the whole Ben Manga situation and the whole rebuild we've been promised. I I see an unbeaten run, but I don't see an, an end goal for this, to be honest. I I just think we're sort of I don't know, we're we're just sort of moving along with with no aim. Uh but but that's just me. Um it it was nice to see such a big improvement in that Rotherham game especially after Huddersfield and yeah I mean it's something to build on let's see how we can do against a, a real really tough team away at Leicester and then whoever else we got in that run uh, we've got Norwich at home Hull away Southampton at home Ipswich at home Preston away and then Blackburn away. That's all before Christmas. Um, so they're big that. games. And, and like you say, the, the teams we've, we've played in this unbeaten games, it's Sheffield Wednesday, Swansea, Millwall, Huddersfield, Rotherham. Uh, and they are the teams that you should maybe be picking up these points. And I think I think we've seen performances maybe at home bar the Sheffield Wednesday game. That was a bit of a meh performance but certainly that first half against Millwall the performance was there and then the performance was probably more there yesterday it's just we've been let down at Huddersfield hasn't haven't we and that's really like it's been difficult to shift because it was that poor like we, we went to Huddersfield where they conceded eight goals in two games and you thought okay let's go there we've, we've just beaten Swansea away from home so let, let, let's roll up our sleeves and see what we can get on Huddersfield and it, it really affected all Watford fans, really, especially the travelling fans that went up there. Like such a piss poor performance. Like not even to like have a proper attempt on goal until like the 40th minute with Kiambi and then like one in the second half with the Sprio. It, it was just really poor. Like you, you got to take the game to him, and I, I didn't think Watford did. So that's that has concerned me. But I think going into the international break now, knowing that there is six games unbeaten and that must do something for confidence but also I think it's four clean sheets in five games for Watford as well that that's that's quite big um that's also the the joint most in the championship now um Watford are they've got seven um clean sheets in the championship which is the joint most with West Bromwich Albion um so they're proving that they are difficult to maybe break down well off well cam do you think they're more difficult to break down now we've actually got someone in the middle of a park like jake livermore before that i think we was running through like the sea was parting wasn't it absolutely and i'll take you back to the days when sierra was a midfielder and we were sort of playing a bit more attractive football on the flip side of that wesley hoot and ryan porteous had it all to do because you know that we were we were so open in midfield we gave them a really tough time and yeah that's why i was a bit sort of i was less harsh on ryan Porteous being dropped because i i think he was left hung out to dry by the tactics and now with with jake livermore in he could have a much better time um yeah definitely much more solid in in this sort of unbeaten run have we given up too many chances 
Uh, definitely not in open play. We've given away a few set-piece chances, but yeah, yeah we, we definitely do look solid. Rotherham, you know, other than a free kick and then a late corner, they, they had absolutely nothing. So, yeah, way more solid. And I, I think we deserve those clean sheets. I don't think we're riding our luck at all. I think we deserve to be top of that table. No, 100%. And we've seen this before with Watford. I think um, under Cisco Munoz, we had the best defence in the in the Championship as well. So we have seen this in a Watford side before in the Championship. So it, it's good to see that we're, we're, we're doing it again. And it's with totally different players as well, remember now, um, with Watford. But it, yeah, that, that's also reassuring going into the international break as well. But it is a, it's a big one to come back to now, Cam, isn't it? It's the league leaders, Leicester City. I know they lost 1-0 away to Middlesbrough, but... It's it's a tough place to go to anyway. Joe's put it in our WhatsApp group. Watford have got an awful, awful record at um, at Leicester. So, what are you expecting from it? Nothing. Next question. (laughs) Um, Look, I don't want to get people's hopes up, but they've lost two in a row, and they don't have Harry Winks, who you'd probably regard as as their best player. Yeah, he's got a yellow card suspension. So, is there a better time to play Leicester City? Probably not. Um, I, I don't think there is a, a good time to play them, but, you know, they're, they're a bit depleted at the minute. But what I worry about is, now that they're a midfielder down, Hamza Chowdhury is probably going to be starting, and we know how that will end for us. So, anyone who's going, you're absolutely mental but but fair play to you yeah well there's a, there's a few people in our whatsapp group that's going so yeah fair play to them. um rather you than me um but mark schofield says i think we can win some of those games the only teams i rate are leicester saints and ipswich who i think will stutter at some stage uh, but yeah i also look at it as well thinking that there is points to be won in this like the next five games for watford and I wouldn't be surprised if maybe we, we get something more at home because we do look a, a better side at home. So I'm looking at the Norwich game in particular, which is a midweek game. And we've always done pretty well against Norwich. So I'm looking at that going, OK, we can probably pick up. Well, we'll be aiming for three points in that one. Southampton at home or Ipswich at home. I wouldn't, wouldn't be surprised if we, we, we get a point or even nick a, a win against one of them. It, it's just something what Watford do. Um, I know Cam's shaking his head going, oh, come on, come on, Ben. Um, but I, I see it. We've done it before. We, we can we can put a performance in against a big team at home. And I think we've probably got it in our locker. If it's a disciplined performance, I think we can do it. And then away from home, you're never too sure. But maybe if we can get a, a point at Preston or a point at Blackburn, I think, think that won't be too bad come the end of the season. Um, but let's um, t- talk about now... A bit. Let's sum up the, the start of the season, Cam, because um, we're in the second international break now um, of the season. Watford are on an unbeaten run of six games. They've got lots of clean sheets lately. Um, they've moved up the table after yesterday's victory at home to um, Rotherham United, and they now sit 13th. How would you rate the season so far? Well, look, I said I'm a bit disillusioned and a bit pissed off by the whole Ben Manga situation. So that has 
tainted my judgment of this season because I thought we were going, we were in for a long-term rebuild. But you can't deny that 21 points in 16 games and 13th in the league is probably as good a return as you could expect from this squad. I, I think Ishmael has on the whole done a fairly solid job. I, I think he's uh, he's also had a fair share of cock-up. So there's a lot of... that judgment is definitely still out on him. We look like a, a work in progress. We've sort of... We've binned off our style of play already and we, we've gone to something a bit more pragmatic. And that seems to be working a bit better for us results wise but are we are we enjoying it loads um before yesterday i would have said no if it can be a bit more like yesterday more often then why not it, it will get better i think um as for our record against certain teams i don't think we we do particularly well against the teams at the top and yeah this this run coming up is going to be a big test for us but so far, we are beating the teams that, that will be below us. And, and that's enough for me to say we're definitely not going to get relegated this season. But at the same time, I can't see us pulling up any trees in the uh, in the top half of the table. <laughs> Mark says, come on, can be positive. We can <laughs> get a playoff place. Um, two, two places are up for grabs. Um, he says Leicester, Leeds, Ipswich, Saints and two others. So he's hoping it's going to be Watford. Watford are only five points off the playoffs, but obviously we've got a tricky run of fixtures coming up after the international break. Um, my assessment on the season so far, I think Watford are probably where a lot of fans might have thought we would be at the start of the season, the mid-table. Um, obviously, it has picked up lately and it was a poor start. It, it took a while for us to get going. Well, not really. We won 4-0 at home to QPR. But after that, it kind of dwelled a little bit, didn't it? But yeah, I think we're probably whereabouts we should be at the moment. I don't think we should be maybe knocking on the doors of the playoffs. I don't think we've got the quality or consistency for that yet. But yeah, there's definitely... I'd probably say five, six worst teams in Watford at the moment. Um, so I don't think I'm going to be sucked into a relegation battle. So it, my, my aim now for between now and January would be, can can we try and kick on? Can we try and get maybe up to in between eighth, eighth and 10th? Like, can, can we get into those positions? And, and if we are, then we should maybe look at this transfer window and think, oh, come on, we're, we're in a really good position now. We've positioned ourselves well. Can, can we go one step further and sneak into the players like Mark um, being very positive and optimistic about? Um, so I think, yeah, we're, do, we're do, not doing too bad. I think it has improved lately, but um, yeah, we've had some good games and bad games, haven't we, Cam? Um, who, who would you say is probably the player of the season for Watford? Well, if you asked me that maybe three, four weeks ago, I'm I've going to say it's Martin. If you want to have a look at them. So I've got um, Watford's top yeah. goal scorers, all their goals there. You've got the assists there as well. Um, so you can see who's who's been more consistent than others. But obviously, there's other people who don't really score goals who, who, who might even con come into consideration. Well, yeah, that is the difference between now and previous seasons. If you asked me at any point last season, the answer would have been Jao Pedro all year. Um, mm. Right now, I honestly, I couldn't give you one answer because Mateus Martins was phenomenal for 
maybe the first two months, but he's he's been on the bench for the last maybe five games. Um, Edo you know what? I agree with you there. I think there's probably about two, three or four players where they've performed well for probably about six games and then maybe gone off the boil and someone else has stepped up and took took their opportunities. So, yeah, I'm, I'm the same as you. I don't think there's been one that stood out all season. Like, if, if, if we stop the count now, I'll probably say Jake Livermore just because he's been great since he's came into the team. But but also, I think Ken Semmer, he's got to throw his head in uh, his... Um, his name into the ring, but Mateus Martins as well. And it's, it could be, yeah, it could be so many. It'd be interesting if it was the end of the season now, because honestly, I think it would be such a split decision. I think I'd go with, with Wes Hoot right now, to be honest. I think he gets a, a lot of unfair stick from our fan base, but he is really good. I think he's really solid at the back. He's, um, he's a really good outlet as well, though. He gets us forward. He, uh, he links up well down the left, and I think he's been really good for us. But at this rate, you've got Edo Kayembe coming in. You've got Ken. Um, you've got, I don't know, Yasser Espria coming in. They're, they've all done really well since they've come in the team. So at this rate, it could be anyone. But so far, just because he's been sort of ever-present, I'd probably go with Hoop. Yeah, he's not missed the game, really, has he? Um, uh, Mark says... Him, King Ken, um, so uh, Livermore, King Ken, uh, or Wesley Hoot. So, yeah, he's the same as us. It, it's split, isn't it? Um, Mateus Martin's got four goals contribution. Um, oh, he's got, um, you know what? That's really strange. So, Martin's has got four goals, but not one assist. That surprises me. I thought he would have at least had one assist to his name. Um, Esprit has got four goals contribution, two goals, and two assists. Um, Ryan, see, see, no one's talking about Ryovic, and obviously he's our top goal scorer, six goals, but you, you want to see more from a player of the season, don't you, Cam? Not just someone who sticks the ball in the back of the net. You kind of want to have that connection as well. Yeah, you know he's got the best minutes per goal in the whole championship, by the way. I believe it's 111. You, you know what? I saw that being put out earlier, and that's actually incorrect because I looked at that yesterday and wanted to put a tweet out about it. But then I had a look, and there's actually two players who are above him, and I'm just going to get it up now. I think there's a, there's a guy for Ipswich Town, and there's also another guy. Um, one is it? Just talk amongst yourselves, everyone. Um, scoring <laughs> scoring frequencies, minutes in the championship. Mark, Marcus Harness of Ipswich Town scores a goal every 92 minutes, and then there's a guy for. Swansea City, who I cannot pronounce, um, has got 97 minutes, and then Ryvich is 112 minutes. Um, so yeah, he's actually third. So yeah, I didn't want, I, yeah, I didn't want to rain on people's parade when I saw that earlier, but um, yeah, well, yeah, I, I look at Ryvich having six goals, and it is a good return for how much he's played, but you're right, I do want a lot more from a player who's going to be player of the season. I yeah. I don't even think he's nailed down that striker role, to be honest. But, yeah, if he keeps scoring, you know, he, he could hit maybe 15 this season if he plays every game. So, mm-hmm. it's not a bad thing, but I just don't think he's enough to, to win player of the season. What about young player? Who's impressed you the most out of the youngsters at the club? 
Well, there, there a are few. a few, aren't there? There are. Mm. Oh, actually, how young is young? Because um, I've got three candidates here. I'm going Ryan Andrews, Ishmael Kone, and Yasser Espria are probably the yeah, the yeah. Three I'll put them in. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, I don't think it'd be Ryan Andrews. He's oh, I don't know because they none of them have been sort of ever present, have they? Yeah. See, this and is I difficult think, as well because they've not. Yeah. yeah, they've been in and out of the teams, all three of them. Yeah, I, they they've all got something to offer, haven't they? I'm Even Martins. Go, yeah, yeah, he is young, isn't he? Yeah, I forget about that. Okay, I'll probably edge toward Martins then, but yeah. I would have gone with a Spreer. <laughs> <until you said, laughs> oh, I just saw Mike's <laughs> comment. <laughs> hey, they can be for young player of the season. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> For young 40-year-olds, just one player of a season. Hard paper around that, Kiambi. Yeah, um, uh, Mark Schofield also says Martins is young player. and Yeah, I think we're probably set on that one. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that, that's our little um, review of the season so far. Um, but yeah, just wanted to talk about it. Now we're in the international break as well. But um, we'll, we'll just, um, before we wrap it up, I just wanted to talk about something I heard on the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast yesterday. Um, Carl went on and was talking to Peter and he actually mentioned about how he heard some news um, in the grapevines of possible American investment at the club um, coming in. And then Wendover Horns came on later on and he said he, he saw some people that he don't normally see in the the, the um the boxes and it was um they looked like they was being wined and dined and looked after like there was vips um so there there is lots of talk behind the scenes at the moment of possible american investment and this was rumored about a couple of seasons ago wasn't it and it all kind of went a bit quiet but from what was i heard yesterday on, on the twitter spaces it it might be headed by warner brothers or investments of warner brothers and obviously there's a connection between warner brothers and watford already and it's not between the football clubs and that but warner brothers obviously use the town as their UK hub um, to film all, all, all their bits and pieces. And obviously the Harry Potter studios as well is there. Um, so there is lots of talk at the moment about Gino wanting out um, and investment possibly knocking on the doors at Watford. Um, from what I heard from Carl yesterday, it's, it would be a, it would be a, a, a share in a club. Um, so it wouldn't be a full takeover. It would be just a share in the club and then possibly like an option to buy at some stage. But Cam, what's your first initial thoughts on that? Obviously, the fans forum happened in the, in the summer and other bits and pieces. And there's lots of this yeah, unhappy Watford fans with Gino Pozzo. But is, is this the right time for possibly investment to come into the football club? Well, if it's Warner Brothers, are we going to be putting more Harry Potter buses? Because I'm, I'm not on board oh, with that. Sponsoring the away day buses, no, fuck that. <laughs> but um, look, Warner Brothers, they're, they're sort of a local business, aren't they? So it wouldn't shock me if they've got a box at Watford and someone's seen them and they're putting two and two together. Or there could be something in it. We have flirted with the idea of a bit of investment. We're not a rich club. We could really do with with a bit of external investment. So I'd I'd love it. And yeah, I do think Gino needs a bit of help. He's not he's probably one of the poorest owners in the league, isn't he? So yeah, get get him in, I say. And I even though they said they got 20, 30 million tucked away for January or whatever, I really believe we we do need a bit of help. So 
Warner Brothers, welcome. Yeah, Mike Duffy can't wait for him to rename the Rookery the Bugs Bunny stand, uh, <laughs> selling carrots in the foyer. <laughs> um, yeah, no, and, and the Jess says we will have Harry Potter shirts. Um, keep them... <laughs> What's up, Duck? Comes Mike. Mike, you should have just joined in tonight. You got all the puns. Um, you got any more before we wrap this up? Because yeah, I'll, I'll get them in quickly. Um, but yeah, no, it'd be interesting. You can just hear it all now. All, all the puns will come out from opposition fans if we do get a, a partnership from, with Warner Brothers, won't it? But um, I, I think it would be really exciting for Watford. Um, I imagine we we might feature in a big big film or something. Um, Cam. Um, at Vicarage Road, and maybe if they want a podcast to feature on it, just hit us up. Me and Cam will be involved. Um, maybe not Mike. He's, you can see he's the immature one of, of the three of us. Um, so, yeah, me and Cam will definitely be involved. Um, so, yeah, sign us up. We ain't got any um, signing-on fees or anything. Well, not just yet anyway, but, um, yeah. Yeah, just wanted to mention that quickly because I heard it on the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes spaces yesterday. I thought it was interesting. So, yeah, hopefully we'll see something come out of it soon. Um, now Joe's piped up. I think everyone's a bit bored tonight saying Vicarage Road renamed Hogwarts Arena. <laughs> Mike, seven white, uh, Snow White and the seven managers. <laughs> that would be a cracking <laughs> film, wouldn't it? <laughs> Oh dear! I'm going to wrap it up there before we get any more um, <laughs> any more comments. But yeah, ev- thank you so much, everyone, for watching tonight. I think we've had we've had loads of people watching, so really appreciate it. Loads of comments as well, and it always makes our experience much more enjoyable when we're interacting with you guys as well. So thank you very much for that. So um, there is an international break now, so there will be no review next weekend. But there is a podcast coming from us. Um, next weekend we are speaking to an ex-hornet um at the weekend i think it is so we will probably release it straight after so we're going to keep it under wraps at the moment we might put a few um teasers out during the week on our twitter page and instagram so you can you can probably have it have a little guess all i'll say so far is it's a former midfielder for the Hornets. So uh, I've given you a position. Obviously, we've had loads of midfielders uh, that have played for the club. So um, it'll be interesting to get their thoughts on their their, um, career at Watford and then um, get your thoughts on it as well. So we'll be looking to do much more player interviews as well because we've had two this season, Anthony McNamee and Jay Demerit, and then one more coming up within the next week. But yeah, thank you for watching tonight. Hit that like button if you like the video. Also hit that subscribe button as well. And we'll be back soon. Come on you ones. Sports Social Podcast Network.